It's an amazing privilege just to share with you guys. I do have a, I don't know if you can, can't see it or not. I, I, I've got a PowerPoint back up here. I'd rather you see the message than even translate it. Not enjoy it, but you message that we as a church carry cannot be hidden. The gospel is simply the most outstanding news you could ever imagine. And I, I felt just for all of us, because I do believe there, uh, that every single Joshua congregation, every single church, every single church across the earth should be up there, I'll be here, across the platform, across the room, that there'd be a deposit in your heart of the privilege that it is to be called an ambassador in that country, a carrier of the message I may not get through everything, that's for sure, but I'm hoping that there'll be a, something in your spirit that excites you in some way of it. And that's the way Father speaks to me, to restate God, trust in more and more. And I felt to, just to relate to a, a younger man from the political captivity of the gospel. What is the gospel? Why is it so good? COVID, I don't know whether you've seen COVID, we've had a really sick friend there, lost some of his bad news, I'm trusting that tonight we definitely share something to your house, your home, your family, family meetings, that there's going to be a little bit better news, and we've had him past family meetings, but there's been lots of bad news in the natural, but I want to say, there's, bad, there's, there's a virus out there that is far worse than COVID-19 could ever get this virus. It's a virus of sin. And if we catch the sin that's got its hands on believers now, it's taking an eternal separation from God. And we as the church, we as his people, have a magnificent responsibility and privilege See, the gospel isn't just that which saves me from my sin. And I wrote this down because it's very important. But the gospel is the ongoing, of good, the ongoing goodness of God. The best news that keeps me from changing. The gospel, the work of the gospel works in my life on and on and on. So what is this message that we carry? What is the message that we carry? So we are to be carriers of this message. And, and 
There may be other things that, 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 that come up, but I felt there's four areas that the gospel is that it represents. Number one, it's a message of love. It says, for God to love the world, that he gave his only son, John 3.16, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. For God so loved the world. I got saved in 1970. At Easter camp, April, long week of Sunday morning, I lifted my hand and gave my heart to Jesus. And the moment, from that moment onwards, there was something that the Holy Spirit came and dwelled and said, this is what's going to define my life. Jesus, the good Jesus, is going to define my life. You see, our past pain, things that have happened in the past, sometimes they explain the past, but they cannot define your future. Like a rear view mirror in a car. You don't drive forward by using the rear view mirror. The rear view mirror is just a point of reference for where you're coming from. There's a scripture that I was just reading yesterday morning, and I'm just going to start in my notes. Here we go. David. Sorry, I lost it. <laughs> I had it there just now, but I must have lost it. But it talks about a devotion to his church. So when the gospel came to the early church, Acts chapter 2, their response was they devoted themselves. And God, God's story in my life isn't definitely one of perfection, and I'm hoping to reach that day, but it's definitely a phase of my life where I am. But my story is one of fully devoted to Jesus all my life. I can say that God has loved me. He's worked in my spirit, in me, my whole life. And I'm so grateful for that. I, that I haven't had to endure the pain but the same grace that saved you is the same grace that saved me. The same grace that sustains you is the same grace that sustains me. And my passion is for, for his church, his people, the choice I made. It's not my personality. You attach my passion to the choice and I respond to the love of God. How can we So the magnificent message you carry, the message of love. Secondly, God's, the gospel is not only a message of love, but it's a message of power. Romans, Romans 1 verse 16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God, the salvation of anyone and everyone who believes. Amen? So this year, around about March, I'm going to paraphrase it. My, my eldest grandchild, who happens to be five years old, my, my daughter-in-law sends us a, a picture of what they do, and she's saying, today, Matthew sets us free. And it's something like, Susan, I love you. I love you more than my mommy, than my daddy, than Anna. 
Something like that. You see, the Holy Spirit is working in her life. Matthew, he's three years old. How do you respond? And they go around him and then she says, oh, Jesus, I give you my heart too, Jesus. There's a work of the Spirit. I'm not getting excited. <laughs> There's a work of the gospel started in her life. You see, the gospel is no respect for sexuality. No respect of race, no respect of uh, generation, no respect of culture. The power of the gospel is touching and changing the lives of individuals and communities and nations. Our best, our best um, time is when we think about the fact that we cannot accept the notion Lord and Savior, the power of the gospel through the Holy Spirit has come to dwell within you, and that the working of the gospel is the working of the life of an individual, and you see them transform, and there's something of a filling up and an outflowing, and you're able to touch the lives of those around you. I can see a few people are acknowledging it, I can see a few people are changing their lives. Power of the gospel, the message you carry is nothing else that can change the hearts of people but the message of the gospel. We're not discouraged. The word that we had today was reach out to God. Because in that program we know there was a party we know that you yes or no or whatever that you can tell them because it's only a message of the gospel. Beautiful. Beautiful message you carry. Number four. Message of love, I mean, number four, it's a message of power and it's a message of hope. In him, Ephesians 1, verses 13 to 14 says this In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire full possession of it to the praise of his glory. Who is our inheritance? I, um, Kim and I were very good friends before we came over to York. Very lovely lady. Her name was Anita. Anita Mangola. Anita Mangola. Incredible man. praying, and we were praying for him, we were praying for his healing after his surgery, and I asked the Lord, Lord, I want to be selfless, I want to give it to the Lord first, <laughs> the Lord said, no, nope. I want it with me, he's done his work enough there, I want it with me, eternity. multitude of witnesses that are, what was it? 
Adrian thought I made up my name. Aim up, pal. Go. Keep going. Aim high, start low. His voice will echo. But his name is Jesus Christ. There's no other hope for me that the world can give me. Nothing else the world can give God's message. But now you have been united with Christ. Jesus converted you. But now you've been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God. But now you've been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. Now you have been redeemed. The day Jesus died, He went to the cross covenant on his cross. He said, you cannot come in, but, uh, but actually the Lord was saying, I believe. <laughs> I can't be limited by this box anymore and the curtain. I'm dying to get out and meet the risen one once again. There's this sense that God wants to show me. The prodigal son goes into a land uh, far away and, and lives his life of sin and whatever it was comes to real, realization of who he really was, but couldn't accept who he really was, and he wanted to be a servant, and all his life was messed up, and it says there, but while he was still a far way off, his father saw him, and he, ca- and he came running out to meet his son, and the son was stinking of pig. And came with this, this, this confession, I'm not worthy to be called your son. And he was just the father's relationship. It says there, in the dirty clothes, in the dirt, smelling of pig, and embraced him. You and I have within our grasp, within our heart, a message that will change things, that will bring reconciliation between God and man and reconciliation between man. It is the only hope in the world. It is the only message that brings true reconciliation. Jesus says it himself. Amen? What a magnificent message we've been entrusted with. Every single one of us. Every single one of us gospel comes to us, with the Lord Jesus in our heart, that message speaks out. When he delivers, it comes on Saturday. I wrote this in, in the book that I, I wrote, I wrote this up There's nothing like the local church when it is working right. Beauty indescribable, its power breathtaking, its potential unlimited. I believe that the local church, I believe that Josh Jen, yeah, in City Bowl Field, I believe the local church is the home. I believe to the core of my being that the local church and its leaders and its people have the potential to be the most influential force on planet Earth. If they see it, if they 
they grasp what they have and get on with it. Churches can become the redemptive places that Jesus intended them to be. Dynamic teaching, creative worship, deep community, effective evangelism, and joyful service are combined to renew the hearts and minds of seekers and believers alike, strengthen families, transform communities, and prevent message of love and power and hope in this world. So why is the gospel so good? That's the message we're carrying. Why is it so good? And I'm hoping that I'll stir your hearts and minds to believe it. To be a people that are so open to what God is saying to us and filling us that we become the witness that he I love the movie The Holy Spirit. I love the you something. The greatest manifestation of the Holy Spirit is our manifestation. The greatest manifestation of the Holy Spirit is your absolute surrender and love speaking out the way we would to God day and day and day and day and not just once but daily. We call it physical encounter. So why is the gospel so good? gospel is so magnificent and good because it's conceived and birthed in the heart of a good father while we were still sinners. If you ever look at the Bible, and I'm going to, so I've written these topics down so that you don't have to go and take a writing test on them. But this is perfection expressed in unquestionable purity, incomparable beauty, uncontainable power, unstoppable consistency, and unfathomable love. Throughout the Bible, God's story initiates his plan of redemption. So if I do say, and I say this in many contexts, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, one word that describes the Bible and speaks of the Bible is the word, word redemption. God created the world. Man messed it up. From that moment, God stepped in. He stepped into Adam's world. Where are you, Adam? Stepped in. Right there. Into Abraham. Abraham, I'm calling you to go to a country. Moses, Moses, I'm calling you now to set my people free. 
calling of Samuel. When the prophet came, he came to speak by the Spirit to his father, wanting to really show his love for his people time and time again. The gospel is God's heart. And the gospel is God's way of dealing with people and himself. First, First in God's heart. Not only is it in God's heart, but it's complete. It's God's perfect plan. From Genesis, from Gen- as I said, it's from Genesis to Revelation. From the moment Adam sinned, his, his, his perfect plan was exposed. Abraham, one man. Moses, one man, one camel. The nation, when they went out under the law, one lamb for the nation. Jesus came, one lamb for the nations of the world. And in Revelation, the lamb is Jesus. From, Geneva, Gener- from Genesis to Revelation, God's plan, we cannot add or subtract from it in any way. It is God's plan. Grace is the gift that accesses us to the absolute position of God. Grace is the gift that we receive by faith. The cross is empty cross, the first word and the final word over your life. His, what he's done, what he's accomplished on the cross, defines your and my life. Is our lives in him? It's in us. There's no work. You don't need to do work to get into heaven. You don't need to just try harder. Work Amen? That's good news. Huh? That's amazing news. God's plan Number three, why is the good news so good? Because it meets every need of every human soul on the earth. Okay, follow up, obviously. There's no need that the power of the gospel can't come in and grab a hold of that need and cover it with the blood of Jesus. Healing, wholeness, forgiveness, brokenness, fear, bitterness, anger. You take the things that separate us from God emotional pain, depression. There's nothing, there's no human need that the gospel can't reach out and change and come and be fixed in us. That's what John was talking about. The gospel is the best news. This church to see that we need to be about the mission. We are a city, not some building. We are a city. We are a light. We are a light. We are a mission. 
people with magnificent giftings may try their strongest. Restores identity, restores dignity, gives ultimate security, and places us in a path of eternal sin in our lives and sets us free from the power that sin has over us. When the prodigal son came home, he said, I'll be back later. And so he's correct. That was wrong. That was happened to Adam. That relationship that was broken that we can restore, that we can have intimacy with the Father, that we can recognize the smile of the Father over our lives. That you can hear the voice of the Father saying, you are my son, whom I I love, with whom I am well pleased. Before you start ministry, before you start giving, before you start serving, before you do any kind of evil deed, the relationship is restored, that you can say, you are my son, you are my daughter, I love you. of the Lord that keeps us from sinning. The roaring lion, a roaring lion as he's, as he's roaring in, in the field, roaring in, in his domain, the cub stays close to where that field is. It's safe to go to sleep, close to the main lion, the main lion, the lion. How do you get that from? Five, it's good because it connects us with infinite beauty. Infinite beauty. About um, six years ago, um, actually we were halfway through the sermon, not really uh, ready to board it, um, but I was holding it in my arms and she was saying, I don't know what it is about grandkids. I think I love my, I feel like I, feels like I love my grandkids more than I love my own kids. Feels like it. I don't know. And I asked myself that one day, why do I feel like that? <laughs> and we were in a worship service. Why do I feel like this about my kids? And then, the, I mean half the time, half the time. And the Lord put in my spirit and said, That's what the gospel does. That's what it does. It, it gives us identity. It secures us. It puts us in a place of intimate encounter with God. Are you encountering God? Work it out. Whether you're 
Finding Jesus, or finding His love, or finding uh, who God is in the Bible, it should change you. Every single place you look for God is going to have Jesus in it. Every single place. There's redemption, redeeming that which was lost, that which needs restoration throughout the Bible. Maybe a good question to. Uh, ask yourself when you begin your Bible study is what does God want to do in my life today? The cost is very dear. The next question is how much do you cost? Number six, that is so good because it places us in the eternal realm of purpose and life and delight. The cost is something This is what I give my life for. This is what I this is what I laid out my life for. This is this is why I gave up the fields for the church. Don't know whether you thought about that or not. This is why we planted the church in Mossel Bay. This is why we handed the church over to Josh Jen eleven years ago. Because God's been placing me on intimate duty structures and in, impacted my life so much that. What he's given me, I hold lightly. My life, I hold lightly. I'm trusting that when it comes to that time in my life, the Lord is taking me that to do something like more, maybe a bit different, but it's not a different church, no, it's a better church. Run the race well. Give him, give him, give him yourself well. Because the cost is paid. It's just too good to be true, not too good to be right. They say, I say that sometimes, can't be a little bit faithful later. Am I right? You're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. You're either in love with Jesus and impregnated by his spirit or you're not. seven, it's so good because it is taught the Lord's way. Only when we understand and experience the incomprehensible love and forgiveness can we truly find fulfillment and freedom in ourselves and see others in the light of Christ and His kingdom and so glorify God by finding our greatest joy in Him. Only when we understand and experience the incomprehensible love and forgiveness can we truly find fulfillment and freedom in ourselves and, we can, and see others in the light of Christ and His kingdom and so glorify God by finding our greatest joy in Him alone. So 
of 51, these are for your children that hinder and murder the shoulder when I don't sit straight. We write Psalm 51. Psalm, the whole thing is just saying, have mercy on the children. And he says, don't, don't take reproof away from them. That's the NIV. But let them, don't take away from them the joy of my salvation. That friendship has no joy. And when we find that, that our, our lives reconciled to God, made right with God, and we see that the joy of the Lord becomes my, my salvation, that gospel gives me meaning, gives me meaning in life, gives me freedom in, gives me freedom to be what God wants me to be. And good, finally, and good because it demonstrates sacrificed his own life, endured the cross for the, because of the joy set before him. Only through living in an ongoing and dynamic encounter with God himself will he truly discover the incomprehensible height of his love, the depth of his compassion and goodness for us, the all-encompassing width of his caring hand, and the eternal persevering length of his intimate commitment towards us. The height love of God joy and salvation in Jesus Christ Philippians 3.3 3, if you want to find this you can write it down Philippians 3.3 3, if you got that I'm going to read it because that's because I live my life like this and I jot it down and I want to help you write it down you got it Philippians 3.10 can you read it aloud for us please land with this, this, this short scripture because it's beautiful the advice that Paul gives and he says this is about to be done this is the power of the gospel the power of the gospel The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty, a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil instead of mourning, and the garments of praise instead of spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That's going to mean to me very simply this, the power of the gospel. Good news for the poor. Good news for those who are poverty stricken, crippled, and in need that God came 
crippled man lying next to the next person. No hope of getting in there. Binds up the broken hearted. Those who blessed are those who mourn. Who repent, who see what they've done in their lives and turn and say, God, blessed are those who mourn. To proclaim freedom to the captives. God frees us from the power of sin. I want to tell you, we are not prisoners on parole. We've been for good behavior. We're not parole. We are not prisoners on parole. Our debt has been canceled. We are not guilty because Jesus took on that guilt. We are set free. People on parole live. Christians, many folks prefer to live in the prison and not understand the freedom of being set free. God's giving them a new identity, a hope of setting them free. Good news speaks of God's favor. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Thank you for the music over us. His love, His smile, His dancing over us. Every violation words that have been spoken at you, things that may have happened in our lives, things that are wrong to us. God says, I don't want you to be limited by how we have changed and behaved. I cut my foot in pain of uh, deep cuts. that, uh, it was two cuts. And to this day, people can't touch me. Two cuts. There's a scar. The scar says, I've been walking on Jesus. That's sometimes reminding. Sometimes I just got to touch that scar. The scar keeps oil of joy, there's a soothing that comes from within. Once we've mourned, there's a garment of praise that sits cover the shame. When we make it, we want to make the shame real. We want to cover it. But not do only want to cover it, but I want to
broken ceramics Trusting to be in the weight of the gospel, yet the lightness that it brings uh, to our purpose, who we are. So speak to in your heart. But I'd like to read you something from a book that I wrote about an experience that I went through, something that I went through a couple of years ago. Two friends were playing and think that we've all got it together. You may think, Mercy is realized in brokenness. The light of his love shines and breaks the darkness. Because if we walk in the light, there's peace in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all I live in a house given as a gift. It is a house with many rooms and has a beautiful view. For so long, I've chosen to live in the lounge only. It's light, it's light, and it's a happy place. It's comfortable space, and I love having people share the space with me. I have so many fond memories of joy and laughter, and it's so good to find contentment and peace. However, when the light fades and I'm alone, 
I remind, I'm reminded that eternity walks with God. It's a spacious home, and yet somehow I've forgotten that there are many more rooms. So much more to be discovered that I was afraid to delve into. My comfort never afforded me license to be, venture down the passage to discover the full extent of the incredible inheritance given in heaven. Then for a brief moment, the lights in the lounge dimmed, and as I just knew that there was a journey I had to take. I felt paralyzed with fear. But the voices of love urged me on. Mercy shone brightly down the long passage until I proceeded with only truth and intention to God. Little did I know whose door lay a treasure beyond measure. So I came to the first door and on it stood sin, shame, and guilt. I nudged the door and turned on the light. The room illuminated and standing there with me were the people who really loved me. The owner of the house was Their eyes did not show any evidence of condemnation or accusation, but rather only love and forgiveness. A measureless mercy washed over me and then swept the dirt from the room. Never have I felt such undeserving and unconditional love like this. And there it was in presence of freedom. Words inexpressible. As I walked out to the brightness of that room, I glanced back at the door. And the light illuminated the door with the word forgiveness written in red ink. So I stepped into the second door, and on it was the word fear. As I opened the door, the light streamed in to visualize the silhouette. It was my dad holding out his arms towards me, just longing to embrace me. Come here, my boy, he said. Then holding me close to him, I heard him whisper, always and will always love you. I felt fear being washed from me. It no no longer has a hold on my life. And as I walked out, I just knew that perfect love had cancelled my fear and I felt perfectly safe. He was watching me. What a treasure to have. I felt the spirit, Spirit urging me to the next room, which had the words loss and disappointment deeply engraved on the doorpost. The room was filled with gravestones, a cemetery of sorts, and I was led to a particular grave, a simple cross with no name. And then I remembered I have a sister Buried in an unassuming grave, and not even the, not even a gravestone. The death never mourned, the life never celebrated, never spoken about. But she was alive. I knew that she was with my father, and she flooded my aching heart. It was then that I realized how I've lived large parts of my life. My pain, my struggles, my fears, my guilt, and my disappointments could just be buried in an unmarked grave. Fear of failure and exposure was seen as weakness as I felt the need not to disappoint others and constantly felt the need to be strong, to push at all accounts. Then Jesus, my loving Savior, 
and my big brother came and he went to me and he said, you need to eat everything. Your heartache, your disappointments, your loss. Let me bury them for you. And I simply trusted him to do that. And he did. Put them away on Calvary, buried with him. Then then as if a whisper from heaven spoke, was the voice of the Father. There's a lot more to do, my boy. So much more for you. You can do it. And as I turned to walk through the door, I saw destiny written in bright colors. And I knew I'd totally missed it. And And I had much treasure to give away. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me also. For in my house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, but, I, but I've gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I'll take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. So, I never want to be satisfied again with anything less than everything God has for me. My marriage, my leadership, my ministry. My dad has ordained success and great fruitfulness in my life. It's the truth. It's his declaration over my life. I am his son of the most high. I still live in the house. We've bathed in perfect light. It's a very spacious place. And you can come visit me. See, the gospel changes. me. Lost will restore and will always work in you, God. Thank you for the freedom that the cross brought for me. I thank you for the power that the empty cross and the empty grave stands for me because there's nothing that not only can separate me from your love, but nothing that can separate my love from you. I made a choice because you have won it all. Your destiny of my life, your forgiveness. Receive me. Receive me. The power of the gospel by the Holy Spirit comes into your life. Maybe there's a room in your house that the light of Jesus can shine. There's areas of your life that are in the dark, in the shadow. Let me tell you the truth. Your arms are too far away from the presence of the Holy Spirit. He knows about that. wants you to walk down that path. He wants to open the door because he's there.
Father, I pray that as folks take of these emblems, the bread and the cup, which represents a picture of the completed work of Jesus. <laughs> the completed work of Jesus. Won't you come right where you're at? Right where you're at right now. And we give that room to Jesus. <laughs> give your house, who you are, give your house to Jesus. There may be areas of addiction in your life and you say, I cannot open and switch the light on in this room because the chain is too great. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. God wants to clothe you with robes of righteousness. He wants to put a crown on your head. He wants to give you a garment of praise. He wants to give you, he wants to massage you with oil of healing and healing. As you take and use, I think it would be good just for you, you and the Lord. As you take the bread and drink of the cup, which represents the power of the gospel, let's just give to Jesus. Give that to Jesus. Father, thank you for your broken body. Thank you for the blood that speaks a better word over every circumstance and every situation. That there's nothing too difficult for you. That as the words that have come from my pen, we can and should trust in you. You're perfect. As you just take that bread, you, you surrender your life afresh to Jesus. before we sing a song of declaration. I want to ask. I don't know everyone here. Some of you may be visitors. There are, there are some visitors here. You do not know Jesus. I met him 52 years ago, more than 51 years ago. But you can know him today, and he can change your life, and you can set your path on a beautiful life and relationship with him for eternity. Not without problems. That's true. There we are. Not without but more than enough resources and grace to serve you, to help you. You need to come into that relationship. You need to come and surrender your life to Jesus afresh. You need to respond to invitations to Jesus. You need to come from a place like that prodigal run to the Father and he's waiting to embrace you. But it takes surrender and invitation. You need to ask God to give it to you. Is there anyone there that I can pray for? every moment that I've got, I want to present the gospel and give you an opportunity to come into a relationship with Jesus, cleansed from all those stains and addictions. Beautiful cleansing. Beautiful cleansing. Cleansed from all those things.
we're now going to sing a song of declaration of the gospel over our lives. Uh, that we're going to, I think it's been weighty, but I'm feeling that we need to rejoice in a little bit and praise God in a little bit. Thank you for that, Esther. That's a song that I felt that uh, Michael is going to lead us in now. And let's just praise God and thank Him. It's just coming to life. It's a mental freedom. I do want to say this one thing. Church that's already alive, we prayed about this, especially this morning that there were doors that have been opened into the light and the light has come in. Let me tell someone this morning, speak to someone, your leaders, if there's any of addiction in your life, you go speak to one of the leaders and say, this is an area of addiction. Keep it in the light. I've learned that those who live in the light, instead of darkness, live gospel and the nature, the very power of the gospel comes and helps you. Some people come alongside you, help you apply the grace in your life. Let's sing our song of worship and praise. Uh, to him. Amen. Amen.